Section thirty three of The Devolutionist and the Emancipatrix. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Gonzalez. The Devolutionist and the Emancipatrix by Homer Eon Flint. Part two The Emancipatrix. Chapter fifteen overlooked of the fall on the earth smith was the first to make any comment he had considerable difficulty in throwing his straw to the others somehow he felt slightly dazed this is unbelievable he said i repeated it twice do you think that those insects are still the masters i wish bill's voice shook somewhat i wish almost that i had let you warn roller you might have helped she broke up suddenly, intent upon something Supreme was hearing. Just listen. Quick, a lieutenant was humming excitedly to the commandant. Back to the hives, give the order, Supreme. It was done immediately the bees cleared the throng of natives and the victims, rushing at top speed for the precious city. As they went, Supreme demanded an explanation. What is the meaning of this? For the answer, the lieutenant pointed her antenna straight ahead. At first Supreme could see nothing in the growing darkness. Then she saw that some of the sky was blacker than the rest. Next she caught a faint glow. Supreme, the deadly flowers come to the hives. It was true, in ten minutes the city was near enough for the commander to see it all very clearly. The fire started at the windward side, and already had swept through half the hives. Quick, the order was snapped out. Into the remaining houses, and save the young. She herself led the horde. Straight into the face of the flames they flew, and questioningly, and hesitantly, what was self compared with the hive? The next moment, like a mammoth below, the smoke rolled down upon the mill, and thus it came upon the villagers, making their cautious way toward the bee city, shouted for joy and danced as they had never danced before, when they saw what had happened. The naughty bee was left alive, every egg and larva was destroyed, every queen was banned and every last soldier and worker had lost her life in the vain attempt at rescue. Suddenly one of the villagers, who had been helping to carry Chorus and Dolnop to the spot, pointed out something on the other side of the fire. It was Rolla. Hail! she shouted, hysterical happiness as she ran toward her people. Kunora was close upon her heels. Hail to the flowing flower! She held up a torch, down fell the villagers to their knees, hauled straight forward, and fat chorus, even as Kunora located her dolnup. Hail to the flowing flower, shouted Rolla again. And hail to the free people of this world, and who take cometh for us all. The masters are no more. The four of the air looked at each other inquiringly. There was a heavy silence, the doctor stood it as long as he could, and then said, So far as I am concerned, this ends our investigations. They started at him comprehendingly. He went on. I don't see anything to be gained by this type of study. Here we have investigated the conditions on two planets pretty thoroughly, and yet we can't agree upon what we learn. Van still thinks that alpha classes should rule, despite all the misery we saw the carpet, and Billy still convinced that the working classes and no others should govern. This in the face of what we just seen, sad as is the absolute proof that what must happen when one class tries to rule, conflict, bloodshed, misery, little else, Besides, remembering something and glancing at his watch. Besides, it's time for dinner. 
Billy R. Smith got to their feet, and in silence quit the room Billy and Van Emmon were still fumbling in their bracelets. The two young people rose from their chairs at the same time, and started across the room to put flip bracelets away. The wire which connected them trailed in between and caught the doctor's chair. It brought the two of them up short. Van Emmon stared at the wire. He gave it a little tug. The chair did not move. Billy gave an answering jerk with similar lack of results. Then they glanced swiftly at one another, and each stepped back enough to permit lifting the wire over the chair. In other words, Billy, we both have to give in a little, in order to get past that chair. Then he paused lightly, his heart pounding furiously. Yes, Van. She dropped the bracelets. And as for me, Van, I didn't really want to see the bees win. I only pretended to. I wanted to make you think. Billy, I'll say corporate if you will. Corporate. He swept her into his arms, and held her close so that she could not see what had rushed to his eyes. Speaking of cooperation, he remarked unsteadily, reminds me, it takes two to make a kiss. She proceeded to experiment. End of section 33 and End of the Devolutionist and the Emancipatrix by Homer Ian Flint Recording by April Gonzalez in Cavita, Philippines